Tony Speaks and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Marlon and Lisa Marshall are the founders of Brave 458, a ministry that serves the unsheltered homeless, mentors the youth, and assists single parents. Marlon is also a certified life coach with Lisa pursuing her certification as well. Marlon and Lisa have a media company, Blood Related Entertainment, and have published a book entitled Couple Minutes of Your Time. Lastly, Marlon and Lisa's mantra is, it only works when we all work togetherness. But this week, Lisa and Marlon are becoming disciplined. Today on Becoming Disciplined, we interview community activists and coaches Marlon and Lisa Marshall. The Marshalls, welcome to Becoming Disciplined. We are so honored to have you. Oh, thank you for having us, man. We're honored to be here. Now, before you all educate us and share your current status, it's always good for people to know the origin stories of their superheroes. So I think it's good for my audience to be aware of your context, the beginning of your story. Where did y'all grow up? Um, I grew up here in the DMV area, specifically Washington, D.C., Upper Northwest, Washington, D.C. Oh, man, Northwest. Um, and I grew up in, um, in Virginia, off, of, uh, off the highway, Alexandria. Okay. Highway in the building. Okay. All right. So you know about the Highway Boys. Yeah, yeah. You know about the Highway Boys and and Del Rey. Amen, amen. I used to get in trouble that way, so I know Uh all about that. You're you're a little bit up the highway, a little bit up in town, in Alexandria town. We're further down a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. Route one. Route one. Okay. 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 Well, I'm thankful I'm alive. I I, I, I survived. Amen. I survived. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) What was your childhood? What was your childhood like? Were you describing as conventional, unconventional? How would y'all describe your childhood? Uh, I would say mine was conventional. Um, um, Like Marlon, as he will say, I grew up in with a, a father and a mother in a household but I'm often joked about um, with my friends and with my husband that I was more like maybe the Brady Bunch or maybe even pre the Cosby show with the um, not so much the professional parenting. Um, they were hardworking class um, individuals, but I had, you know, I guess the, you know, the household, the the bedroom. My t- my best friends tease me about um, the color TV before everybody had their own TV. My own phone, <laughs> things of that sort. So I was more of what most kids during the late seventies and eighties might would have aspired to if they weren't used to that. And so I would say it was conventional. Um, parents both were in church. I was raised in the church from my earliest memories to to now. So I think I was more conventional. Amen. Amen. I would say I'm conventional as well. Um, I actually was super blessed. We grew up with, we, we look at it as we grew up with two fathers and two mothers in our household. Um, Cause we stayed, our cousins, our first cousins lived literally right by us. So we always had two moms and two dads. 
that, you know, that to run to anytime we needed to run to, but it was conventional. We, we grew up um, pretty much, there's four boys in my family, one girl, four boys in their family and two girls. So we grew up pretty much like eight brothers and eight, eight, eight boys and three girls. So, um, but it, it was conventional for sure. Now, when you all were small children, was there someone that you'd like to give a shout out to now that inspired you with their level of discipline as a kid? Um, I would say for me, um, that would be my dad, but not so much a child, because I think now in hindsight, I didn't really understand discipline. I just knew how to be a child and pretty much what I wanted to do is what I did. I would say more in my 20s, um, becoming a young woman, I didn't understand it then, but looking back, I I now understand my dad's disciplined behavior. There were plenty of times that he would do things and I wouldn't understand it. And I would be, I was at that time wanting to react to everything. Well, I feel like people were doing this and doing that. Why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you doing anything? And now in hindsight, I understand that he was very disciplined. He was um, very reserved. Not that he was taken advantage of, but he knew how to deal with things. And so I didn't appreciate it then, but I appreciate it now that if I could have understood it, then I would have aspired to be more like him sooner rather than later. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Yeah. It's kind of the same way as well. Not much as a kid, because I was just wild running around doing just pretty much doing me as well. But when I when I think back, it, it, I would definitely have to say it's my parents, but my father mainly because just the fact that he's sitting there raising four boys and um, one girl, you know, he's the discipline of him getting up every single morning. Uh, doesn't matter how cold it is or how hot it is. He's getting up every single morning, going 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 into work and doing his own work any, and doing his own thing pretty much. And uh, the fact that. Like he he would always leave us he would always leave us cash on the on the on the bar every time we walked down we for lunch and breakfast and things like that so it would definitely be him mainly but my mom she got up to it did her thing to work and she actually she told me the story of her actually going to work when I was a baby when I was a baby she needed to get to work she ready to go to work so she had my grandmother actually come down from Philly to keep an eye on me because I was still a baby at that time. But they both were getting up and going and going that grind. So that would definitely say watching them as I think back again, because as a kid, I, I just thought everything money grew on trees, whatever. <laughs> so, so, but thinking back now is definitely them. Amen. Amen. Well, I met Mr. Marshall before. He ain't no joke. Yeah. Yeah. He took a pandemic to make him stop working. <laughs> Amen. That's the only thing to make him yeah. stop working is a pandemic. <laughs> So, uh, the discipline, the discipline he gave, yeah, yeah, that was him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> amen, amen. Now, and, and now, what we do is we time travel on this on this podcast, and we do that to provide value to our people who are checking in and they're trying to become more disciplined in life. They're trying to change their lives. So, as we time travel, we're going to time travel, and and this time travel machine, you don't get to jump out in the in the in the in the days past but you only get to whisper like a sentence to your 15 year old selves amen what advice do you give your 15 year old selves to improve their lives and to change their lives 
uh, my 15 year old self, that meant I was in 10th grade. I probably <laughs> would tell myself to enjoy life more. Um, it's not that serious. Um, and more likely, I probably was worrying about things, so I would tell myself, this too shall pass. Amen, amen, amen. For me, it's just one word, listen. Just listen. Listen to all the advice I get. Listen to whatever someone is telling me. Because back in them days, we had what we call, especially um, running around playing in the street, we had what we call old heads. Um, you know, And they always throw some wisdom at you and knowledge and You'll hear it, but it'll go right through your ear, but you don't really listen. So I would tell my 15-year-old self to listen to the advice and to the advice that I was getting. Amen. Amen. I wish I could record some of those conversations back then. Yeah, yeah. That would Amen. be awesome. Now, you'll hear it. And, and again, when you get older and you get wiser, some of the stuff will come back. That's right. And then you'll be like, man, I should have listened to that. But, again, we're, we're young. Young, dumb, as they say, but uh, I just wish I would have listened to a lot of stuff. Things could have been a little different, but I went the long path. <laughs> I, hear I hear you. I hear you. Now, as uh, as people who are high performers, or you know, I always ask this of all of our guests, how well do you sleep? And I, I will say this, it's caught halfway. It's 50% of my high performers, they, they sleep is like a religion. And then the other the other fifty percent, they barely get three to four hours a night. So which on which side do y'all do y'all land? <laughs> well, I will say for me, um, at this point in time, I I, I get more sleep. Um, Marlon and I um, recently have experienced a lot of loss. Um, so I would say during the times of loss, the sleep is less. Uh, but right now I'm starting to get a little bit more sleep. So I think the sleep is getting better and it's not just sleep, but it's rest. So I'm getting more rest. So that's important for me. Amen. As, as far as for me, my body is just set for some reason for five hours. I can't sleep no more than five hours. I, I don't I understand why, but it, I just can't do it. I, I'm always popping up and I'm wide awake. What I, what I do now though, is I get in naps. And these power naps really help me, you know, uh, rejuvenate myself. So, you know, <laughs> so I'll get a, I'll, I'll do a forty-five minute in a heartbeat, you know. So, like, I I try to get Lisa to, to do these forty-five minutes, but I call she don't take naps. She takes sleeps. She, oh, okay. you know, she, when she go down for a nap, it's like four, three to four hours. <laughs> so I just me personally, I just can't do that. I I feel like I. I feel like I gotta always be doing something. I, I like I being being off the whole summer. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm gonna take one day. I'm just laying in bed all day. I just can't do it because I feel like I'm not accomplishing something. Mm. So it's hard. To, it's hard to just stay stay sleeping in the bed. It's just like something needs to be done. So Amen. that's just what I, what I do. And then my body is just trained for some reason for five hours. I'm good. Amen. Amen. Uh, how many babies y'all have? How, how many kids? We have three. Three or three babies. And what are their ages? Uh oh. Uh, actually, this Friday coming up, the oldest will be 29. Wow. Um, the middle, um, the oldest being a girl, Briera. The middle, Marlon Jr., is um, 24. And then the baby, Mackenzie, is 12. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. Y'all spaced them out good, huh? Y'all got people uh -oh. every decade. Uh -oh. <laughs> now, we'll just say um, 
Yeah, God space. The yeah, last. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hey, we didn't see our first babies until after we were married for twenty years, so we understand wow, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, we understand yeah. that. We understand that. So now uh, we ask this of all our guests: What book outside of the Bible has shaped your life in the most profound fashion? I would say when I had Mackenzie is when I felt like the my life is turning. Not just because I was having a baby later, <laughs> but during that time, she was born um, prematurely at 28 weeks. And so the book and even the um, the web series that was, to me, like a lifeline was watching Joyce Meyer. And so I started reading The Battlefield of the Mind. Mm. And that, to me, was impactful because I didn't realize a lot of what I was experiencing was in my mind. Mm -hmm. And just recently I was watching another pastor, um, Pastor Darius Brooks, and he said, sometimes the enemy is not someone else, it's their inner me. And so the inner me is equivalent sometimes to the enemy, which is the battle in the mind. And so for me at that time, or just even now, and I read, I read the book again, is The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. That's a good book, amen. Yeah. Now, as far as with me, I, I read I read a lot of books, but as as Lisa say, <laughs> I'm always doing so much stuff. I, I don't I don't even get a chance to finish all my books because I read them at the same time. I'm Amen. I'm right like right now I'm probably reading about five books, five books. But one that sticks out is Boundaries, a book called Boundaries. I'm reading, um, and The Man of God. Uh, those are two two um, powerful books. It's teaching me basically, of, of course, learning that I can say no, being able to say no. And that's so important. People, um, I feel like a lot of people will take your kindness for weakness. So you have to learn how to say no and understand that no is a complete sentence. <laughs> so um, it, it's just one of those things. So boundaries is really teaching me a lot in that book. Ooh, that's good. That's a golden nugget right there. No yeah. is a complete sentence. People need to understand. Yeah. No is a complete yeah. sentence. That's, that's very profound. Very profound. Especially, especially our daughter. When we say no, it's a complete sentence. Amen. No way good for her. <laughs> why? And well, well, well. well. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, my baby girls are the same way. They they yeah. don't lawyer you. They will. But why? But why? But uh -huh. why? Until and, you, uh, you say, all right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Especially us dads. Now, uh -huh. my, my wife is really good about telling my daughters no, but but it's a little harder for me. Amen. Yeah, that's Amen. that sounds about right. The daughters always get the dads, and the sons get the moms. That's right. That's right. Now, that's to come in discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. And don't get don't get me wrong. I always got to re repeat myself like two or three times for this one. So 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I'm, I'll say it again. Five for me. All right. <laughs> so, so, so we look at discipline in all these areas: spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Now, before I repeat it, though, what I wanted to ask you is: what do you consider your strong points? What is your weak point? And then, where, if you have a weak point, do you have a plan? to strengthen that weak point, amen? So I'm gonna say it again. So listen for the strong point. Listen, so you, so you don't really even have to listen to everything. Just listen for the strong point. 
listen mm-hmm. for the weak point. And then in 2021, do you have a plan to strengthen the weak point? And believe it or not, there's nothing wrong with not even having a plan for the weak point because there's a lot of people who believe the strong points can just overwhelm the weak points. So I'm going to repeat them again. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. What are y'all thoughts? For me, just as you said, strong and weak points. For me, just because of the pandemic from 2020 or really the end of 2019 till now, I would say mental um, wellness is where my weak point is and where I'm trying to train myself to, to acknowledge it, confront it, and strengthen it. And so that's what I'm doing with that one. My strong point, hmm, <laughs> might be the home. I think you were saying something with the home organization. I'm very much an organizer and planner. And so I try my very best, even with some of the challenges I've had to deal with from 2019 till now, to keep the home organized, trying to manage the household as a whole, having to manage a household during a pandemic, especially, and working from home. So I think not that it's perfect and not that I'm trying to strive for perfection, more so progression. I think that was my strong point, but the mental wellness is something that I would say, especially for women of color, we tend to oppress and suppress. And so for me, it's acknowledging it, that there is um, an issue there and it's okay. And it's okay to ask for help. That's really where your strength is. And so that's where I'm trying to build up and put my focus in and make my make it a point to have mental toughness. Amen. Amen. That's, that's good. That's good. Okay, so go ahead. That's me again. So give me hope. (laughs) I'll say them again. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Okay. So I'm going to start with my weakness as well. Uh, I would say emotional. Amen. And uh, it was emotional, and God, see that? Boy, I swear I got the short-term memory. Uh, oh, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm stick with emotional for right now. And the reason I say emotional, because this is this is just it's gonna always be something that I, that you have to work on with emotional. As far as like, I had to learn my wife's love language, so understand her emotional and everything being. So this is, that's going to always, you're going to have to always know. So doing, and the, and the way I do that is I do a lot of research. I do a lot of reading, like a reading book, like the 40 day love, uh, 40 days of love. I, I've read that. I was reading that as well. See, I read a bunch of books. It's crazy. <laughs> so, um, but that's, I would say that's going to, that's a weakness because you got to always continue to work on it. The longer you're married, you're going to always have to work on that period. That's that's it's not going to be perfect. And then I would say my my strength is uh, mental, mental. And one thing God gave me that I'm I'm really grateful for is an attitude adjustment. That's one of my things is attitude adjustments, because I feel that everything is like the book she's reading. The battlefield is in your mind. I think everything is in your mind pretty much where I've learned how to turn 
negative things. I'll find something positive in the negative, no matter what. There's always going to be something negative. It's always things going to happen. It's just like in the Bible says, you know, it's going to be troubles, but he is going to be with us all the time, no matter what. He'll be there for us, but he has also overcame the world. Amen. So that's who you want in your corner, period. Yeah. So it, so my mindset is, is, is just always, always think that the mind is, the mindset is everything. You got to, you know, again, you can't stop things from happening. It's just how you react to them. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's profound. That's profound. Now, as a thinking man, do you in this world where there seems to be a lot of sheep, do you ever feel kind of lonely as a thinking man? Where you're like, "Come on, man, where's the other thinking folks around here?" Like, because I've noticed, I've even the the two or three times I've been in a crowd with you, I didn't notice that about you. Where like while the crowd is swaying and moving one way or the other, you kind of always kind of in the back thinking. <laughs> I can almost see you thinking there. I can see you intellectualizing. Amen. Do you does does that does that thought process and the fact that you are a thoughtful person does it ever lead to loneliness or or no, I wouldn't say, would say loneliness. You know, because um, I do I do I, I do have like I do trip off of how people think. Sometimes it, it, I'm not even gonna lie. I trip, I trip <laughs> off of how they think and how they react to certain things. And it, again, it's crazy because that was me when you, growing up. I didn't think. I just reacted. And I, you know, I, I just reacted and I reacted in anger a lot, you know, and just in anger, 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 anger. But again, with God, man, he he showed me a whole different mindset. And um, so, yeah, I definitely do that. But I, I hang around. My circle is full of thinkers. My circle is full of brothers, my accountability brothers. Amen. I make sure I keep it kind of small and tight. Amen. So, that's good. That's good. There's a bunch of thankers in my, in my circle. So. That's, good. that's good. Now, when did you all begin your ministry with the homeless? Mm. So back in 2011, we actually just celebrated 10 years. Uh, it was amazing. And again, we never knew how it would go. But when we started, like we've always talked about what can we do to help people and things like that. We didn't have money to, to go out and help people. And so we decided, you know, I was at this time, I was full gun hold doing gospel hip hop and um, was knew a lot of people that did it. So we just started actually throwing events, fundraisers to make money. Mm-hmm. And that, again, so that was 2011. So 2011, we did our first fundraiser for the National Kidney Foundation. We did that. For the national, because that's just near and dear to my heart. In 2006, I've had a, tr- a kidney transplant, mm. so it was just near and dear to my heart. So we did like that. But then one day, I was driving down the street, and I this was like the winter time, close to the winter time, where all the leaves fall off the trees. I just saw a whole bunch of tents out there, and I said, "This can't be right." I know people don't go camping like that. That's crazy. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. Like it's like. But then a friend of mine told me that that's where homeless people live. And this was like the first time, like I said, I've never heard of nobody living in tents. Now, I know they live out on the streets or whatever, but I've never heard of nobody live out in tents. And she told me, well, it's a place back there behind uh, Staples that they call Tent City. So one day I just drove back in that area and I saw two dudes walking and I started speaking with them. And they told me they just started giving me information. And, and me and that man, one of the guys actually hooked up every time we came out there and he he pretty much kind of got everybody together for us. And we just, it just kept growing and growing and just went from there, man. So 
we celebrated 10 years and Brave is still going. Amen. Amen. Now, um, I know from personal experience, either through prison ministry or helping the homeless or in other situations, sometimes ministry, you go in it to help others, but then you have that experience where something happens and it changes your life. It changes your whole perspective on things. Uh, have y'all had, have y'all, can y'all, y'all mind sharing one of those experiences or if you have two separate ones? Uh, you're, you know, cause I know you can't help, you can't serve the homeless for 10 years without having an experience where you're like, Whoa, that, that, uh, I didn't see that coming or that changed my life or that changed how I look at things. Well, I would say just experience for me is because again, we all have a mindset of, just judgment and, and judging people. So we don't really know what what they're going through or why they're even out there. Mm-hmm. So my point was to make sure that I speak to them and ask them these, these questions, these hard questions that I want to know because you're dealing with people that they might not talk to you. They'll take this stuff and, you know, because again, there's a lot of mental, it's a lot of mental illness out there. Right. Uh, so in, in the years of, going out there is years of learning you know mental states and we literally see people out there that's been out there for 10 years still out there and then it's also new and and they're getting younger and younger uh, my experience was i spoke to one dude and i mean just he was well spoken articulate so nice and just told me I, i lost my job and this is the one this is one that's still out there from 10 years ago i'd seen him when we did uh cookout for the homeless and he's still out there and it's it's amazing to me and it's like you lose your job it showed me that we're all just a job away from being out being homeless so for our audio only listeners we have a paid ad for the next one minute and 33 seconds good morning good afternoon or good evening whatever time it is in your time zone at least on my time, it's it's after church, and I don't know about you. Sometimes after church, I'm just lacking energy. Courtney, yes. Can you get me? Can you get me a uh, one of the vitamins that your mama takes? Here you go, Daddy. Mm. Let me try one of these. Tastes pretty good. My God, my God, Q! What do you have in there? It's made with vitamins B9 and B12. It's it's great for my overall health. It's made with pectin, a unique fiber in fruit peels. It's simple and delicious. Q, did you know that more people search apple cider vinegar in the U.S. than tea? Google has 15,000 people searching that word every day in the U.S. alone. Q, how can more people get this gummy? If you want to support the podcast, or if you're looking to improve your health, you can order these gummies at https forward slash forward slash go.goalie.com forward slash becoming discipline. Don't forget to use our promo code becoming disciplined. They need, they need, they need people to come help. They need people to treat them like people because they're human beings and not sitting there just driving past them and looking, okay, I'll throw a dollar to you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we like to get out and speak to them and talk to them. I I take some of them and go have lunch. 
We sit down, talk, chop it up. And regardless, some, some of them drunk and some of them are wild. I'm not going to judge you. You, know, you, you. You're living out in these elements. You don't know what your mindset is going to be. So um, that's just my experience of what we do. And and again, this is this is not me, and this is not Lisa. This is this is God. This is all God. We get up in the morning, like we get up when we go serve, and we get up about six in the morning. I want to sleep in. It's Saturday. I work Monday through Friday. I want to sleep in. But this is just God. He gave it to me, and I have to be disciplined to do what I do and committed. You got to be committed. It's you know, like I said, it blew up. But you you also had people fall off, you know, and because you already know what it is. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. That's right. And it, it used to bother me when people fall off, but it doesn't even bother me no more because it's 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 just it's not it's a commitment thing. You got to be committed. It's not a feel good thing. I'm gonna go serve, get this feel good in me, but nah, it's it's a commitment thing. Thank so you. I just continue to strive on no matter what. You fall off. We all, I tell Lisa, we, you know, we're not praying for a lot of people. We're praying for the right people to come out and help us and be committed to this thing. Amen. Amen. That's profound. Now, Ms. Lisa, did you have a, an event that you'd like to share, like a, a particular case maybe or, or a turning point where you were like, wow, wow, that, that, uh, that, that hit me a little different? Uh, I will say two things on that. The first thing for me, being Marlon's wife, what I saw the most was what I saw in him, the change in him. Mm. And as he said, I didn't necessarily know him through all of his wild times. Um, I do know he probably, um, I've, and I've seen him um, through some things. But what I saw was someone, as he said, that is committed and disciplined. And what I love the most is He's not going out here and just serving and saying, I checked the box, I've helped somebody. He honestly will go out and take these people and, again, as he said, not judge them. He's, there's no preconceived notion. He really wants to know what's going on with them, and it's the heart of them. And how and he listens, as he said before. Um, he, wants to, he wants to know what's going on and how can I truly help. So that's one thing. The second thing for me that opened my eyes was a few years ago, maybe about five years ago, we went to the tent sitting behind Home Depot. And when I say city, it was literally a city. It was scary. <laughs> I'm just going to be very transparent walking through that wooded area. But what was amazing to me is these people took pride in yeah. that area. Now, I will be honest, the 20-year-old Lisa was probably too bougie, and she would not have done that. <laughs> I would have said, that's not happening. Get me back to the house. I'm not doing it. I didn't want any part of it. Amen. But the older Lisa went in there, again, with her husband being submissive to him and to our ministry, and it changed me. We had our daughter with us. We had a bunch of volunteers with us. But these people, now some of the areas were kind of crazy. But when we got to the back of the area, we saw people who were taking pride, building homes out of used wood. And they took us on a tour and showed us how, hey, we put on this deck. Oh, we put on this sun porch. Nice, clean, everyday people that if you didn't know where they lived, you might have thought they lived in a posh neighborhood, mm. but that right there was a turning point to me. 
that, again, the 20-something-year-old Lisa would have been like, get a job. Why are you asking for my money? I work every day. But then going out and serving these people, and I get to serve these people, and realizing that they're no different than me. We go through the same thing. If I fall and scrape my knee like them, I'm a bleed just like they are. And they are some of the nicest, sincerest people. So that was my turning point. A couple of turning points, seeing the effect and the effect. So the E-F-F-E-C and the A-F-F-E-C-T on him. And then seeing the same from witnessing it with me. That is so good. That is so good. Can That's I what marriage is all about. Can I say something real quick? Uh Now, it's, it's, of course, it's a whole bunch of different camps, a whole bunch of different 10 cities in which he was talking about about this one behind the Home Depot. This probably was like the best one in Woodbridge as far as organization. And because it was, I guess, every camp seems to have like kind of a leader. And it was an older gentleman that, you know, led this place because the one we started at, it was just kind of dysfunction everybody's stealing from each other and taking from each other, fighting each other. But this one, literally, when you bring in stuff, they had a table where they would take everything and put it out there and pass it out to make sure that everybody in there gets something. And one time I went out there with another organization called, uh, what was it, 25th Project, because they go out every, every month on the 25th. So they always knew when they was coming. I went out there with them. <laughs> it was cold. It was freezing out there. We was in that camp. And I, the dude, Jay, one of the guys, Jay, was talking to one of the, the young men. And, and he was just talking. I just kept hearing noise. And I'm like, I said, man, why am I hearing the movie Belly? I'm like, why am I hearing the movie Belly out here? It's, it's, it's cold. It's in the woods. <laughs> You know, and God, that he was talking to, so, oh, that's my, that's my, that's my, um, that's my, uh, my camp. It was my tent. Check it out. I said, yeah, man, let me check it out. So he opened it up, and I'm talking about as soon as he opened it up, the heat hit me. So he had it. He had heat and everything in there. So the heat, hit me. I was like, God, it's hot. And I look at there. He had a um, what's those things called? This how long I was the what's the TVs? What are those? Entertainment center. Oh, Entertainment wow. center. He had an entertainment center. Lord Blasting belly, he had the <laughs> belly on. I looked back; his tent was kind of big, so I looked back. He got his, he got a couch in there. I had, I had his dog and his homie sitting on the couch, watching wow. belly. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Hold on, how do you have all this? But he works. They work, wow. but they can't afford to live in an apartment. The apartments are so high; it's crazy. A lot wow. of them work, but they just wow. can't afford that. And wow. that's that's the crazy thing that he works. And, and what got me was when people go to work, they all take turns watching each other's stuff, watching mm-hmm. each other's tent. It was just amazing. But the t- it's, it's gone now. That that camp had to get dispersed because the um, the gentleman that was in, in charge, he passed away. Oh, he passed away. It just got wild. Um, young and youngest came in there. It just got wild. They was leaving trash everywhere. And the owner of the land told him, look, I don't mind y'all staying here, but keep it clean. They didn't keep it clean. You can't do it. Shut, shut it down. You mentioned something else about a kidney transplant. And I just want to share right now. I got a friend, very close friend, that uh, my family loves very dearly. And he's been waiting for his, he's been waiting to try to get on the kidney list for probably mm-hmm. seven to eight years now. 
Wow. And, um, and, you know, he has diabetes. He's trying to get his weight down. He's really struggling. And he listens to this podcast. And okay. now that you're on, and I keep telling him that, and I say, hey, listen, man, you get your kidney. You, you know, you do what you got to do to get your kidney. You get your kidney. And then you, you, you're going to get your life back. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. Like, you're going to get, you know, there's a lot on the other side of that kidney that's waiting on you. And that's oh, what yeah. I try to speak oh, yeah. into his life. But it's one thing me speaking into his life. It's another thing hearing it from someone who had to go through that. So can you can you can you share some words from my brother? From he's not a he's not an easily embarrassed person or anything. His name is so. Can you share from my friend uh, any wisdom or any thoughts or encouragement? And then also for anyone else who are waiting on their kidney, can you share any thoughts or encouragement? Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, just that about a week ago, a week ago, I went to um, speak to some patients in the, at the uh, dialysis center out in Maryland. Went to speak to them and just shared a little bit of the story of going through everything I went through. The, the difference with me, I didn't have to do dialysis because I had I, I, I was blessed with having able to get a kidney from my brother. Amen. So, and all of my brothers went in and got tested and all of them matched. But my brother, Mark, was, he matched me like a twin, which mm-hmm. was crazy. So he matched me like a twin and he's like five years older than me or whatever. But, so I got my kidney from him. But the, just the process of uh, alone, man, of dealing with the kidney thing is, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. But just like you were telling them, there is a bigger and better life on the other side. You just got to keep your faith. And as far as that list goes, and I don't know if, if the the whole point of us going in and speaking at the uh, dialysis center, I don't know if he understands that, uh, you know, you can't get a kidney from a living donor. And I'm pretty sure he's heard of that. And the biggest problem that the lady told me in the dialysis center is people are afraid to ask people for a kidney. Amen. And, and that's one of the biggest things with, with I had no problem. I'm <laughs> somebody give me a kidney, I wanna live. Amen. So, Amen. I had I had no problem with it. Now of course in the back of my head I'm thinking, uh, my, my brother, he's gonna give me a kidney. What if he needs a kidney? But I again, God showed me he's so amazing. We got two kidneys when we only need one. So Amen. and Amen. and do, and Mark came that day too as well because it's questions they want to ask a living donor. That's right. That how you feel now? Are you feeling any kind of less than? But it's not. He's you 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 know him. He he's still strong. He's still living life. Uh, of course, you gotta you gotta be careful of things you're doing. Like especially me when I got my kidney, I was out here thinking I could. Okay, now I think I could be still Superman and and do things that I shouldn't be doing like playing ball I, I, I gotta play basketball and so I went and played basketball with my newfound kidney and ended up getting hit in that area mm-hmm. and uh this woman right here <laughs> saved my life because I, I'm I was hard-headed she'd tell me stop her, stop her. <laughs> I was in pain the next day and she was like you need to call a doctor and I'm like okay I'll call him she called me back later. You talked to the doctor. I said, no, I'll call him. So I talked to, talked to the nurse. The nurse told me, okay, well, you know, if you feel bad on Monday, this was a Friday. If you feel bad on Monday, you know, hey, um, <laughs> come in then. So I guess she get home. I could barely walk. She forced me to go into the hospital, found out that I was bleeding on the inside and my kidney was failing. 
So they had to do emergency surgery. And of, of course, everything worked out well. And I, I had to throw, you know, throw my shoes up in the closet and it was a done deal. Amen, amen. The thing is, I get to coach basketball, so it's all, it's all good. But man, yeah, it's, 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 it's still life on the other side, you know. And he's celebrating um, in October 15 years. That is awesome. 15 years and it's still going strong. And That's awesome. They say anywhere between eight and 10 years, you may very well need another kidney. Mm -hmm. But every time Marlon goes in for his checkups, the doctor is just is just astonished at the way he's still doing well. And a few months ago, we went to um, to the doctor and his nurse said she knew from the time he was diagnosed with the kidney disease um, to now his positiveness and his um, gratitude behavior is probably bigger than the medicine itself and the transplant that has him being the way he is. And so, again, that would go along with what he said about the attitude adjustment. Mm -hmm. Of course, it was heartbreaking news. Um, we were, I mean, when I say newly married, we found out, we got married in October. We found out that March that his, both his kidneys were failing. Mm -hmm. And so from 2003 to 2006, talk about discipline. He got up every single day, went to work. No one at his job, he wouldn't even let me, let my managers know through sickness, through not feeling well, tiredness, went to work, came home. Our kids did not learn, and we didn't have McKenzie at the time, but our older children did not learn until he went in to have surgery. So for three years, he masked everything to be a good father, a good yeah. husband, a good employee, a good brother, a good son. And so um, I just believe all of that he did, which I always tell him, he reminds me of Joe. He never cursed God. He did everything he needed to and actually grew his strength and faith in God. And because of that, it's, as you said, there's another life on side of that transplant or whatever has to happen for your friend. Is an he's an example of that. So that's why in a couple of months, we'll celebrate 15 years of him having no issues. And all in all, just have to keep a positive attitude, period. And if... If he needs to talk to me or whatever, you can give him my number. Amen. I definitely will. I definitely will, man. Well, salute as well to Mark Marshall. Amen. Thank you, Mark yes, Marshall, for your, for your part in that. Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. Now, uh, you talk about basketball. Uh, when did you start uh, coaching as a basketball? And what discipline? Let's time travel to your first team where you started coaching. Uh, let's time travel again. What advice do you give to your first? You can only say a sentence. <laughs> to your uh, to your first time coaching, what do you tell that that younger coach, uh, Marlon Marshall? Uh, what advice do you give? Amen. You cannot coach like Bobby Knight. That <laughs> <laughs> coach. I'm sorry. You cannot coach like Bobby Knight. Amen. Amen. You were throwing chairs on him. You were throwing chairs on him, bro. Off the chain. Off the chain. <laughs> so, and, I, and I started with 10-year-old boys. <laughs> I, I tell you what, one time I got kicked out of a 10-year-old game, well, I tell you. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yeah, I, uh, I only coached two seasons. And for me, uh, the kids were wonderful, but the parents and the refs, 
Those, those, the parents and the really try your soul, amen. Yes, sir. You know, because right literally, I, I had parents that were coming in and their kids just they didn't work with their kids on basketball. They didn't, they didn't. You know, you could tell that they were just dropping their kids off to me, and they wanted their kids to have equal playing time with. The, the kid who can almost dunk at age eight, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. like, like, yeah. like, no, your baby can barely hold a ball. You see what I'm saying? Your, ba- your baby is, ba- you know, so I'm giving them some playing time and I'm, I'm teaching them. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, so so I had some parents, man, that they were, they were a trip. So I only made it two seasons, brother. I only made it two. The yeah. parents are a trip. It, it honestly, it takes, it, it takes a lot of discipline to <laughs> deal with a lot of parents. So. Because everybody, everybody kid is Jordan. Everybody kid is supposed to be on the court. Like when I started, like I said, with the ten year olds, there was a there was a lead that was it was a house lead and a county lead. Now the house lead is for the kids that's really trying to learn how to play basketball, and they're supposed to be on the floor. They have to get on the floor a certain amount of time. County lead, you got to trial for the team, and you got to be good to be on the team. So I'm so competitive. Of course, I'm over here. In the county league, because I'm, I'm competitive, I, I don't want to do the house thing. Um, so, but yeah, the parents, man, are are, are amazing. I would say, just amazing. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Now, what grades do you coach? And I mean, how what ages do you coach right now? Um, I coach uh, JV Junior Varsity Basketball High School assistant. Uh, I'm head coach JV, okay. assistant varsity coach, and then I just got a the new job. At middle school, as the varsity coach there as well. Amen. What what middle school? Potomac Shore, the brand new school that's getting ready to open up. Oh, that's awesome! That is yeah. awesome! That is awesome! Amen. Well, we can edit this out, but my my daughter is looking for a league. She's uh, seven years old, and I'm trying to get her. Uh, but you know, with coronavirus, it's been hard to kind of yeah. uh, find a league. You know, because she's almost been a year. We've been practicing with her, but. Uh, but it's hard to find a league. So if you hear of anything, we're ready to drive her up there. Amen. Okay, definitely. I'll, I'll keep an eye open for that. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, I looked at your profile. It talks about you're, you're also a different type of coach. You're a life coach. Amen. How long have you been doing the life coaching? And do y'all both do the life coaching? Or You had posted it. Uh, it was on one of the images. Almost a year from Marlon, I believe. Yeah, you got I his certificate. No, I think I think it was between October and November of last year. Nah, I think it was the year before, before COVID, remember? Because we was in classes. Okay. So I, almost about two years now. About about two years now, I would say. When I um But no, to answer the question, I'm not, but um my biggest supporter, which happens to be my husband, <laughs> has kept telling me that I need to walk into what he feels is my anointing and my calling which is near and dear to me, women and a lot of the women issues and some of the unspoken women issues that aren't always to the forefront. And so I decided yesterday, I actually decided, I think Friday night in a conversation with my daughter and then going out and hanging out with some friends last night and having this similar conversation, they knew nothing about the conversation on Friday and I felt like that was confirmation. So I told Marlon today that I would, um, start taking life coaching classes as well. Amen, amen. Now, for people who, that's awesome. I can see it in you, Sister Lisa. I can see it. I can see it. Amen. Um, now, for people who haven't done it yet, where did you get certified, or where did you go and get the, uh, the training, and how can we how can we step up to if, if someone's interested? How can they become one? 
It's, it's actually so many life coaching classes that you can take online. Uh-huh. I think the one that I did is called New Skills Academy. New Skills. I, I actually, honestly, I took a lot of classes. I'm, I'm all about learning, learning more and more. Wait, you know, co- compared to when I was growing up, I wasn't about learning. <laughs> learning at all. But, but older and wiser, I'm, I'm always learning things and getting certified. Like I took um, child psychology and got certified in that. I took uh, public speaking, got certified in that. I, I took, uh, what else did I take? Uh, come on, come on. There's a couple, there's a lot. So I'm, uh, so, cause my thing is just helping the youth develop and, and life skills. So that's one of my, my, my main goals. I just love dealing with the youth and what better way to deal with them is through sports cause they love sports. Amen. So being able to deal with them through sports is how I get in. Amen. So <laughs> I, yeah, just basically combining the two, being able to, to, to speak in their lives. Cause it's more to me than basketball. You know, when I'm coaching, I mean, I coach basketball, but I want to see them successful on and off of the court. So that's just one of my biggest things. I don't want to I don't want to hear you get down the road and you didn't make mistakes again. My biggest thing is please listen to me now. You know, listen to me because I didn't listen. I want I'm trying to stick it into you just like other people try to stick it into me. And, you know, so you don't want to learn the hard way. You want to learn right now. I try to show you your future now. So what you do affects that. So you what you do, you, you're partying and having fun, thinking it's fun, but it's not good. You mess around and make bad, bad, bad choice, bad decisions. And with that comes the consequences, good or bad. Amen. So, Amen. Now which pro, so uh, one more time, what's the name of the life coach program that you new, think? New Skills at? Academy. New Skills? New Skills. Like skillsacademy.com. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We will check that out. We will check that out. Now, uh, as we get closer to the close of this, uh, y'all, uh, Sister Lisa mentioned uh, your wild days. Amen. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I share that just because we see you now on the other side. Amen. We see you as a you know, responsible coach, a responsible family member, a responsible, you know, like, a, a disciple of the Lord, uh, someone doing all the right things. But like, for instance, I got one person at my church who might or might not listen to this, where he's kind of still in transition. You okay. say, I mean, he, spiritually, he's made the leap, but mm-hmm. then he's trying to transition from that other world. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to transition from his wild days. What advice can you give to someone and, well, you know, and just, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to say for you to go and tell you know. I ain't trying to tell you for you to tell everything, but right, right, right. For, for as much as you feel comfortable, um, can you talk about that transition from your wild days? Can you talk about? Can you give my friend who is making that transition? Uh, because we know, according to Romans 12, you know that we need to have our minds renewed on a regular basis, and sometimes yeah. there's certain things that we had that became part of our habits or, or structure that it needs to get wiped away. It needs to get moved away so that we can have that life on the other side. Mm-hmm. So for the people who are still trying to come over from the other side, what advice can you give them? Just to allow the process to happen. Amen. You gotta go through the process. You can't step outside of the process of whatever you're going through. Just I went through a lot. You know, when I gave my, when I gave my life to Christ, I thought that everything was gonna be great. It's, you know, but the crazy thing is, 
it went bananas, you know, especially with my health and things like that. You know, so I'm sitting here thinking that it's going to be cool, but it's not. It's a process. The whole thing is a process where I feel like when I was wilding out, I ain't, I ain't had to deal with that. I ain't had to deal with that. I wasn't going through nothing. I'm, I'm right. just wilding out, partying, uh-huh. you know, drinking, smoking. I'm just, I'm transparent. I, transparency is all I know. Drinking, smoking, Amen. fighting. I used to fight a lot. <laughs> Every time we went to the club, I think we, you know, we always went to the club. Like we used to do dumb stuff. We from the highway. We drive up here to Woodbridge to go to the uh, wait for the wait for the people to come from the football games to the McDonald's. Find out where the parties was. Where the parties at? Find out the parties. We go crash the party, have a little good time, and then we fight. And just not smart, of course. Just doing crazy things, but. Again, as I started to to trance, basically, I realized through this whole process that the reason I wasn't going through anything is because the enemy know I wasn't relying on God. So what do I need to go through anything for? Nah, you just keep acting like a clown. You continue to join the circus and continue to act like that clown and you'll be all right. I'm good. You ain't got to worry about that. Even though the process is eventually I am going to go through something. And now, who am I supposed to rely on? So the, the enemy knows. So it's a process of once you get in and you start reading your word, you'll see the change. You, you're going to change. You're going to gradually change. It's not It's not fast. It's not overnight. It takes a minute. You know, uh, when I gave my life to Christ, I gave my life to Christ at 29, literally like right before I got married, because she definitely was an angel that God planted in my life. And the crazy thing is when we got married, I, I gave my life to Christ, but it wasn't still like I didn't give him completely my life. It was just like, I'm tired of hearing you saying we're not equally yoked. Uh, all right, so look, I want to marry you. Let me give my life to Christ. That's how I was feeling at that, 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 that time. So we used to get in so many arguments about this life, you know, uh, when you're going to church and when you're doing this. Uh, we got a big argument about Halloween. I wanted my kids to be in the trick or treat. Nah, that's not what we do. They don't trick or treat. That's the devil night. So, <laughs> I mean, huh? if I could interrupt, I, 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 I would add to what he's saying, and he's right. I mean, the biggest thing that you would tell anybody that has given their life to Christ don't expect change immediately. Mm-hmm. We are still human, we still live in our human bodies, and it's okay to fall back. Yes. Acknowledge the fallback. Mm-hmm. Don't stay in the fallback mm-hmm. and pick yourself up and move forward again. I always tell everybody, if you make one step, that's just one, vi- that's a tiny victory to whatever that goal is. That's right. The biggest problem I find is people, they, I'll just use myself. Jump When I gave my life to Christ, I was, as I said before, early in the interview that I was always in church because of my parents, but church wasn't in me it was a ritual and i'm glad that my parents brought me to church but i was not church was still not in me so when i gave my life to christ dating this guy i went legalistic with it i mean i was like all secular music's off and again he's transparent We've been married almost 19 years and we have children older than that. So that means we weren't living a life that God wanted us to live at that time. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, acting outside of what God wanted. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, everything's done. I'm a Christian now. Right. right There's right, nothing right. else. Right, <laughs> so right. When you say arguments, we were going at it because it was mm-hmm. like he wasn't there, but I was trying to be there. But then I went about it as I'm a Christian now. I'm super Christian and you're going to be super Christian too. And we're going to conquer the world. And that was crazy now in hindsight. Mm-hmm. What I say is when you give your life to Christ, you're going to, there's still going to be things happening. You're not going to automatically, everything's going to change. But what he did say is accept, accept the progression, stay in the progress. If you fall back, acknowledge it. It's okay. okay. Don't feel like you have to quit because that's really what Satan is waiting for is really for you to be gung ho. And then you fall back in the, oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's hopeless. I'll never get through it. You, trials and tribulations is in the Bible. He said that, and Marlon mentioned that. But you have to remind yourself: stay in your word, stay in prayer. Prayer is our communication to Him. Communication to us is the word. Amen. Keep yourself from being depleted, Amen. and then you'll see the change. It won't be instant. Some you, I believe, new Christians do start getting the excitement and the hunger, and there will be things they do see. God will show Himself, but there are going to be times when you feel like you don't hear God, and that's again where your faith is starting to be grow and stretched, and you're getting your strength. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's always going to be something. I, there are seasoned Christians that are still going through yes. something. And so, and and I would also say, attach yourself immediately to a seasoned person that is a little bit ahead of you. So they can remind you that this is normal. It's no different than when women, when we're going through the process of having children, we want to know, okay, I'm going through this morning sickness. Is that normal? Someone's going to say, yes, it is normal. So it's perfectly okay to become a new believer and ask someone, are these thoughts still normal? Yeah, it's okay. Just because you became a Christian didn't wipe out everything else you were doing. It just means that you have to keep going through it. So that would be my advice. Praise God. God. That's That's some really good stuff, especially understanding people. People need to understand you will stumble. Amen. But you're not gonna fall. Amen. You're gonna stumble, but that not necessarily gonna fall. Amen. Just keep keep it moving. Yeah, only one person walked this earth perfect. Only That's one. right. And it, it won't be another. Amen. 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 Well, hey brother, uh, brother and sister, we have four people watching us now. Brother Marks uh, gave us a thumb, thumbs up. Amen. So okay. he's, he's watching with us right now. Amen. Right. Now um, you spoke about your music. Amen. Where can we find your music? Uh, can you tell us about the story of, of how you started with gospel hip hop and 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 uh, how God has been leading you in that area? And then where can we find your music and and what and at least the name of your album so that we can look them up? Oh, um, okay. So I think two thousand four, five, two thousand four, five. One around that year, I was I was still I was doing worldly music because I was doing regular hip hop. And uh, again, man, the way God moves is, is he's so strategic in how he moves that uh, I was doing the music and I was working at Cost Communication. Now I was a technician and I used to have to pick up my route every every morning. So I, I let one of the guys in dispatch hear my, my tape. That back then we had tapes, of course. Right. <laughs> so it, it, uh, he let, so he ended up like, man, this, this boy hot, he hot. 
So he ended up letting a, a friend of mine named Curtis hear it. And then Curtis, Curtis listened to it and said, hey man, yo, I heard your tape. It's pretty nice. And I'm sitting there like, it's nice? Yeah, it's pretty nice. But I'm telling you, if you put God in your music, that thing would be crazy. Oh, wow. I, said, I said, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> Again, I wasn't living that life, so here we go. I got this guy talking about some God. Now I'm tripping because he's he's 20 some years old talking about God. Now, I'm not. I'm, again, I wasn't raised in the church, so I I, w- I was not looking for someone. I would hit think somebody older would tell me that. Like I get my life in Christ when I'm about 40 something. You know, I want to wild out. I feel like I gotta lose everything if I give my life to Christ, and I can't do none of the stuff I do. Amen. So or whatever, but long story short, he just kept every day kept messing with me, and I to the point where I was like, I had to duck this guy. It's too much. You every day, I don't want to hear about God today. I'm mad. I, you know, I want you. You see this route? They just gave me 25 jobs. Right. <laughs> you know, so, then I might got to get an ad on at the end of it. I don't want to hear about that. So anyway, so fast forward, he asked me to do a song for his clothing line. He had a clothing line, so we ended up I ended up doing a clo- uh, a song for his clothing line, but. At the same time, I was working on an album. I was working on an album. And then I noticed I was changing by just talking to this guy. Some of the words that I was saying in my music, I didn't want to say no more. So I go back into the studio and I'll change some lines. Now I don't want to say this. I don't want to say that. Now I'm changing this. So it did, when I finished the album, I didn't even want to do it no more. I, I didn't even put it out. I said, I'm not even going to put it out because I'm not going to do this. And then. Actually, that's when he asked me to do the song, and then I did it, and it was—it just felt good. It felt right, so uh, I ended up started doing some more songs and more songs. And then I told him, like a friend of mine, the dude that was doing the music with me, I told him that like, we need to start doing this and this, and he ended up jumping on board with it. <laughs> and then the guy, that, the guy that did it, he—he he, the one that um, Curtis, he was talking in one of the songs. And I said, dude, you want to rap, don't you? Because he didn't rap. He didn't rap, but he talked, you know, he talked like he wanted to rap. So you want to rap. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But he he told me he went home and prayed to God and asked him to bring the music out of him that he has inside of him. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, this dude was rapping. So, wow. so we ended up putting a group together, us three, called Frontline Soldiers. So we just started doing mixtapes, basically. We Because we didn't have no... Uh, producers or nothing we didn't have nobody to make tracks so we was taking worldly tracks and turn them into christian tracks <laughs> and, and uh we we of course we had a couple of people say how you gonna do worldly um how y'all gonna do rapping on worldly tracks that's the world how is that the world it's what you put on the tracks <laughs> I, I was like well that's not the worldly tracks there's no such thing as a worldly track you make the music and what you put on it i'm speaking life i'm not speaking death i'm speaking life so it, it, I don't need to hear all that. So you know, but of course you get tried. But I'm, I'm gonna tell you this real quick. We, our first church, we was in like kind of an old fashioned church, a Baptist church. Like it, it was probably everybody in there probably was about sixty and up, <laughs> sixty and up. Because a friend of mine, he, he, that, that's his uh, family church. He asked us to come through. And I'm tell you, when I talk about scared, I was scared. Like, as soon as they hear. You come in, you get ready to rap. It's like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> that devil, here come that devil music. And man, I'm talking about. So we did our, we did our thing because we was, we was kind of, we was going hard for the Lord. Because if I'm going hard for the world, I'm going hard for, I'm going hard for my Lord and Savior. So we go hard. I, it, 
we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, our thing was, um, we're not going to apologize the way we praise God. Period. That was, that was our thing. We're not apologizing for the way we praise God. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know our story. So um, we went hard. And of course, uh, one of the other friend, my man James, that dude probably didn't say about seven or eight of his lines because he, he was just so nervous. Yeah, an old, an older woman like to stand like, what you got to say? I froze up like it was funny, but what was great is the pastor. The pastor probably it was in his 80s. He said, look, y'all need to catch on to this right here. This here is the new wave. You got to catch on because these hymns are not going to catch the youth. They're not listening to that. This is what they're listening to. And if it's speaking life, then y'all need to jump on board, man. That made us feel so much better. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, uh, she would say, "Where can you get your music at?" So, then, all right, I can kill that story. So, uh, you can go to Blood Related Entertainment. So, it's um, actually blood. It's, it's blood blood dash related dot com is where you can get our music. We formed uh, me and my wife. We actually formed the independent label called Blood Related Entertainment because we still believe that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Period. So, uh, and we have a couple of artists under the label. Amen. Amen. So you get it right there. Or you can go to YouTube, look for Mr. Marshall Rise and Become New album. Okay. Or Amen. Mr. Marshall Crossroads. Amen. Amen. I got both of those. They were awesome. Amen. Oh, Matter of fact, every day my, my, uh, my uh, what you call it, defaults, my phone defaults to the ABC song. Okay. Amen. So, okay. so, so. Every day I start off with the ABC song, at least for a couple of seconds. I got that ABC song almost memorized. Amen. Okay. Every, okay. every day I start off with the ABC song. <laughs> Amen. So we will definitely we're gonna post that at the end of the of the uh at the end of the podcast as well. Okay. Now, um, and I can relate to what you were saying because as a youth minister, uh I went and uh I as a matter of fact, it was one of the things that kind of was time. It was a sign for me to move on from my traditional church and start the Hill Ministry. Okay. I invited this group over to sing gospel go go. Oh and okay. uh and Lord have mercy. They, How did that they go? Oh, they, they pulled all the kids out of the, the, the youth thing. There was like three kids up in there, three kids, the pastor and me, and we paying money for this gospel hip, you know, gospel go go to come. And it, and, the, and the the sad part is they were I mean, they were awesome. You know what I mean? And the kids would have loved it. Right. And then, you know, the older, you know, all of the older deacons and every and the deaconesses, they pulled all the kids out because yeah. the gospel go-go was going to pollute their minds, I guess. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so I, I, I've been through all of that. I think people are finally, finally, finally coming, coming around now. Amen. I think people are finally coming around. Ten years later, but they finally coming yeah, around. Amen. Yeah. Ten years later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ironically, brother, that same time, 2004, that's when I started doing um, spoken word poetry. And, oh, wow. Okay. okay. And I did that all the way until I started around 2011, 2012. And uh, it was a blessing. Many will reach for Christ. Many will reach for Christ. Yeah. Amen. That's so, what, uh, what is the name of your, uh, so that the people can find you? Well, what is the name of the homeless ministry and so that they can find you online? Brave four five eight. So it's, it's uh brave four five eight dot com. Okay, okay. Now, what kind of help? 
just so that people, if they're feeling, if they're feeling convicted in their heart to come out and contact you and help, but then they might be dealing with that flesh where the flesh is trying to convince them not to call you. Uh, what kind of help are you looking for and, and how can they help? And what, you know, what, where, what kind of commitment are you looking for? As far as, are uh, you talking about volunteers to come yes, out? Sir. And, yes, sir. Oh yeah. They, they, they can reach out to, again on online on brave458.com. We have a spot where you can just send us an email about, uh, or do you want to give them the, the email email? I can't remember the email, email. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> right now. Well, we'll call um, Brave four five eight four five eight at gmail.com. So, gmail .com. so yeah. we have uh, a email that you can reach us at at brave four five eight four five eight at gmail at gmail com. Amen. But also, the, the different things that we're looking for are um, when we go out and serve the homeless, we um, tend to give them right now because of COVID, we've been giving them more um, gift more gift cards. So what we tend to do is. We give them $5 gift cards to either Chick-fil-A or um, any fast food place or any local um, drugstore like Walgreens or CVS or stores like Target or Walmart because there they can get their needs um, that, they that they may have. Also, uh, when we decide right now, as we, I said, we put it on pause, but when we decide to go back out, toiletries. Uh, Gentle used clothing. Um, I will have to admit, when we first started, I think people were cleaning out their closets and saying, <laughs> "This is where we're going to give." And and again, checking the box off. But what we want to tell people, and what we tell our volunteers or whomever want to um, donate to us, is just remember: Is this something that you would want to receive? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people look again, judging. The homeless and we don't want to judge them we want to build them up so mm -hmm. when we give them things we give them things to help build them up if we give them something that's trashy then that's a reflection on what we what they may think we think of them so we give them the best mm -hmm. and even if it's gently used that's what we give them and then again the most important thing if you can't do anything at all you can't come out you can't con contribute financially or through any other means then pray for our ministry because that's what we need to keep building us up we are still human beings and as marlon was saying it takes discipline now to be honest there's some days you know i'm just like you're doing this by yourself because i'm tired today i'm not doing this but i stick with this so the prayers of the righteous avails much and that's what we need to keep brave for fight going forward Amen. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, also, one last thing. For people who have heard this and they want some help, they, they want to, they need someone in their corner talking them through providing that structure in life, and they need a life coach. How do they get in contact with you? How should they, how should they call you? Um, actually, I'm still in the, um, process of basically got to put a website together but they can reach out to me on facebook or instagram okay so, even through the brave 458 or, or, or yeah. email address you can still reach out yeah. to marlon okay. um, but as he was saying sorry to interrupt, no, no. that um he's still working on building up his life coach um, I would say ministry, not company, because it's a ministry. Amen. And so as that's still being developed, if you need someone that um, that needs, as you said, prayer, 
and and we're practical people and we're transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes listen to various pastors online and one pastor, Pastor Michael Todd, what I love about his mantra is, is humble, open and transparent, which is mm-hmm. hot. And so I tend to try to live my life that way. We try to live our lives that way. So we're not going to come at you with Christian needs. We're going to come to you with practicality. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. It's hard. But we can do it. And so if you want that, then we're your, your, we're your couple where we do it together. We do it individual because sometimes a uh, man needs to speak to a man. I can't help on all men on men issues. And a woman <laughs> needs to speak to me on woman issues. He can't help on that. So if you want that, then reach out to us at, you know, at our email address. Amen. That is awesome. Well, Marshall family, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You did not have to do this. You didn't need to do this. We truly appreciate it. You have the last word. Do you have any any closing thoughts for our audience? And just so you know, the audience, the audience isn't always, it's, it's, it's predominantly Christian, but it's not all Christian. And it's around 30 to 55 year olds who are, are trying to get better. I lovingly call them the Get Better Club. Amen. Because they're people who are just trying to become better versions of themselves. So do you have any closing thoughts, Lisa and Marlon, for the Get Better Club? Uh, You want me to go? Yes. Uh, I would just, my closing thought is just remember that you are a big deal. And that's one of my coaching points, I'll be honest with you. That's, you are a big deal. God has a calling on everybody's life. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has something inside of them that makes them great. So just continue to realize that regardless when you feel it down, remember you are a big deal. You made it here. You woke up. You got something, a great calling on your life. Amen. Amen. And Miss Lisa, you got anything? Um, I would ditto that. And just the, the biggest thing for me is acknowledging when you need help. Mm-hmm. I think, we are society sometimes of um, again masking that, and so yes. acknowledging you need help is a is a strong point. And again, dittoing what Marlon said about you are a big deal. Have an attitude of gratitude. Have an attitude of positivity. Again, acknowledge that you're not perfect, but if you can stop trying to aim for perfection and aim for progression, you're on the right path. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. I I always see that it's hard to be, it's hard to have a bad attitude or a bad day to be grateful. Stay grateful. If you enjoyed Marlon and Lisa Marshall as much as we did, you can connect with their homeless ministry at brave458.com. And also, let me state, if this wasn't true, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say anything negative, but I would just be quiet. But let me share, I have purchased both of Marlon's albums, and they are incredible. They are holy hip-hop at its very best. So you can also support his music at blood-related.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and most of all, we ask you to subscribe and let people know about this podcast so we can continue to put out great content for you. Thank you.